everybody. Welcome back to Lipstick and Lightsabers. I am Shannon. And I'm Alex. And today we are going to be talking about episodes 10 through 12 of The Bad Batch. Yes, we do have two episodes of Mandalorian. Uh, We'll talk maybe like a little bit about that. We're going to cover Mando later. Right now we're talking about Bad Batch. Because surprisingly, Bad Batch, man, it's popping off. It's been really good and like really extending off the themes we've been talking about too. Yeah, like, I kind of feel like, you know, we were kind of disappointed with the first, like, six episodes, and then we got the midseason, but even the stuff that we were kind of pulling out of those first six episodes, like, it really feels like it's paying off, and that's really exciting. Mm -hmm. So, as always, we're going to start with recommendations, and listen, Daisy Jones and the Six, we've got six episodes, and I'm I'm living. I love this. It's so good right now. I, like, so, like, we both read the book. I mean, you talked yes. about it last time, about the book. Yes. Um, and I think this is, like, overall a strong adaptation. There's obviously a lot of changes. hmm There is one change that we are not fans of, but it seems like <laughs> the fan base enjoys it. A lot of like, people do you really find, like it. Like, so there's, there's a, I'm not going to like spoil anything, but there is a ship that is happening in the show that was not like a thing whatsoever in mm-hmm. the book. And these two characters existed in the book, but they like had zero interactions with each other. Like it was like not a thing. Yeah. So they've made this a thing in the book and I mean in the show. And while I understand it narratively and like downsizing the amount of characters that they're going to have in the show versus the book. Like, I understand that a little bit. I can't stand it. I, like, I can't stand it can't either. Stand well, and I ship. think it's just because, like, again, like, not spoiling anything, but, like, it just kind of gives me the ick. And I think <laughs> if you I think if you haven't read the book, like, it's, it's going to be fine. Like, if you haven't read the book, you, like, you don't know, like, it's fine. But if you have read it, like, it's just... I don't like it. I don't like that we're going this way. The other change that I don't like is making Chuck become a dentist. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. It's funny, but like, guys, you have to understand that this character in the book goes to the Vietnam War. And dies. And dies. And in the show, instead of doing that, he goes to school to become a dentist. And does not die. Like, they they are removing, like, this layer, like, I, I do feel like the show uh, in itself, like, isn't really diving into, like, the gritty underside of the 70s. Like, with the Vietnam War, with the drugs, like, they are kind of downplaying the addiction a little bit. But yeah. at the same time, like, I think it still works. And, like, even the addiction, like, it's almost more, like, it's subtle, but it's still there. I do wish yeah. they would, like, hit it a little bit harder, but I kind of like that it's just, like, a way of life, and then suddenly you're noticing it, and then suddenly mm-hmm. it's everywhere. I was going to say, I think that the episodes four to six did a lot better with the addiction stuff than the first three episodes. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I felt, like, better about the way they were showing that, especially with Daisy. Um, but, yeah. The first – the first – three episodes felt a little sanitized for the 70s whereas like the three that just we just saw were better and then we're gonna get two episodes we're gonna get two episodes this week and then two the week after 
So that'll God. be interesting where episode eight, like we where will episode some eight? Territory. Yeah. Well, we already hit some territory. Like episode six hit some territory. And like, yeah, the whole thing with the book is because it's interview style, like is the narrator like reliable? Like, are these people telling us the truth? And how does that translate into a visual medium where you're seeing the real story play out? Because yeah. we've already caught a few lies in the oh, show. We've caught so many of them in a lie. Like you can yeah. see versus the interview, like they are straight up lying because then you see what really happened. Exactly. Where that difference though is in the book is that you're not actually seeing a truthful point of view. You don't know who's telling the truth. Mm-hmm. So in the show, you are. I kind of wish sometimes like, they would show, like, two scenes almost, like, show it, like, Billy's way and then show it, like, Daisy's way and, like, you don't know, like, because the truth's somewhere in the middle, you know? Yeah. Um, but what I do like and I feel like they did really well is kind of show how they're not on the same page at all. And so, like, oh. it makes sense why they say this lie this way. And then when you look at it from their perspective, you're like, wow, like, this scene, yeah. even though I saw it happen – looks totally different from, like, these from, different perspectives. From a different character's perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's, I'm really excited to get to, like, so we're about to, like, go on tour. So mm-hmm. that's going to be major. I, I have a feeling that the last episode is going to be in, like, quote, unquote, present time. Yeah. I think it's just going to be present time. Interesting. Yeah. Where it's, like, the book ends – Early, a little earlier. Yeah. Well, the book kind of ends with like, oh, did this happen? Like, did it? I think the show is actually going to be like, it did happen or like this did happen, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm into it. And of course, like, the cast is so good. That's why the show is so good. But also, like, Sam as Billy, this is like Ben Solo level obsession. Like, The way he plays Billy is so I was going to say, I feel, I feel that way about Riley playing Daisy. Yeah. Like, it, I, it's like, perfect. To me, like, Riley is Daisy. Like, there is, like she's perfect. There's that mm-hmm. scene, I think it's episode six, uh, the pool party scene. It is, like, exactly how I imagined it in the book. Like, it is, yeah. like, so good. Like, like, even the details, singing voice, even. Well, like, her singing voice, even, just the way she sounds is so perfect. I feel like her mannerisms, the way that she, like, looks around, the way that she does things, like, she just, it's amazing. And it makes me really excited because if the casting was this good for Daisy Jones and the Six, like, it's going to be really good for Evelyn Hugo. Like, even though yeah. like, I have other worries for Evelyn Hugo, I think the casting is going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I mean, I don't know how hands-on Taylor Jenkins Reid is with this. Well, she's, yeah. And I mean, she's gone, she's been in a lot of interviews about, like, what she, you know, like, is doing or what she's looking for. So, like, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling Mm -hmm. hopeful. So you're also, speaking of Taylor Jenkins Reid, you're also reading one of her books called um, Carrie Soto is Back. You finished it. Yeah, I finished it. It was very good. Um, it's a tennis, it's about a tennis star. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, so she's a tennis star in, like, the 80s, early 80s. So, like, her timeline is close to Daisy Jones and the Six. And there's even a name drop of Daisy Jones and the Six. As Evelyn Hugo also. And, of course, Mm -hmm. McRiver makes his name (laughs) appear. Of course he does. McRiver. So, yeah, so there's even, like, a she, she mentions reading, like, an autobiography of Daisy Jones and the Six. And oh, she that's says so she cool. was only reading it to find out if there were affairs happening, what the drama was. That's so funny. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and, like, and that's in the 80s. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, like, after the fallout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the interesting thing about Carrie Soto is, like, she's this, like, legend, this, like, tennis legend in the 80s, and she gets injured. This is the the beginning of the book. She gets injured, and it's the mid-90s. It's, like, 94. There's a new up-and-coming tennis pro who's about to take her record for the the (gasps) most Grand Slams, so she decides she's going to go back and try to take her Grand Slam record back. So she's a more like, she's already retired. She comes back to try to get her record back. So it's mm-hmm. interesting. That's you really You learn cool. a lot about the world of tennis. Like, I'm like, oh, like Wimbledon is like grassy <laughs> and that's what this means. And then like the, the French Open is like, you know, clay. So it's like hard, like for oh. certain types of players. That's like, so I interesting. I learned so much. <laughs> I love yeah, like um, learning a thing or like it's, it's like when we watch like Queen's Gambit and it's like mm, I know chess of course yeah yeah it's cool how Taylor like just researches like crazy into the things oh, that she writes 100%. about well like mm-hmm. I even had like people at work saying like is Daisy Jones like actually real band because like it feels so real like she does such a good job doing that and I know I have Carrie Soto on hold but I think the one I'm going to get first is Malibu Rising. Yeah. I think that's what I have next up. So Malibu Rising is my last one in the four that exists in the same universe. Mm-hmm. She has other books, but they don't exist in that universe. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Malibu Rising is the last one. But Carrie Soto is the most recent book. It came out last yes. year. Yeah. Actually, you know what? We're going to stay in TV realm, but we are moving away from Daisy Jones. So, as of recording this, The Last of Us finale was last night. And, like, let me just tell you, (laughs) I knew where this was going. And, like, what I didn't know is that I knew almost, like, shot for shot where this was going, which is insane. And yet, I was, like, crying the entire time. Yeah. (laughs) Last of Us was so good. It's, like, such good performances from Pedro and from Bella. God. Yeah, like, they were amazing. Like, Bella as Ellie did so good. And, like, they're not even in the episode, like, a ton because of, like, reasons. Like, Pedro, like, this was, like, Joel was very, like, different in this episode. And, like, seeing the fallout from the episode previously. And, like, in with HBO, you can see, like, um, interviews at the end. So, like, after the episode. And, like, every single person who talked about this episode was crying, like, during yeah. the interviews. Like, Pedro, Bella, they had Ashley Johnson, who was the original Ellie, because she got to play Anna, the mom, and she was crying. And, like, yeah. the creator, Neil Druckmann, was even crying. <laughs> like, he wrote this. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> and they're going to they're gonna do season two, and they said that 
the second game is going to take up more than one season of TV. Which I'm really glad for because there's a lot of story in the second one that's like outside of Jell and Jell of Joel and Ellie. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see that. And um, Bella is returning as Ellie, which is good. Yeah. Because there is a time skip, but they said that it was like lightning in a bottle yeah. with Ashley but as Ellie. And then they like did it again with Bella. Though. She'll be, or they'll be like a perfect age, I feel. Like, I I think it's going to work. So I'm excited. I'm also really excited to see Abby. Like, listen, I know, controversial opinion. I do really like Abby. And they even (laughs) said it's going to be split perspective between Abby and Ellie, which is how the game is. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, that's really cool. Pedro says that they're going to start filming this year. Wow. They're going back to Canada to film. I'm so excited for that. That's going to be so good. Man, I loved being emotionally destroyed by the zombie show every week. I'm going to miss that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's coming on HBO next? Like, we had Black Lotus, know. and then we jumped right into The Last yeah. of Us. I don't know if there's anything right now. Well, we do what have a lot do? of shows coming, though, like Miss Miss Maisel. That is true. Well, and um, Ted Lasso is this Ted- week. That's this week? This is Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, that's like right now. So now Ted Lasso, oh my God, Ted Lasso and Mando overlapping, and Bad Batch, <laughs> and Bad Batch. <laughs> There's something else too that's this week. Oh, Shadow and Bone. Oh. Webs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fully oh, prepared to have I'm a really sure, bad time. <laughs> okay, but I'm sure that like listeners will hear us talk about it next episode. <laughs> Probably. Oh well, listen. Like we ended up having like a whole episode that was just about Dark Lita, and like neither one of us are like fans of the book. <laughs> we were still like really into it. <laughs> so, well, I'm sure we'll talk about it. Um, I'm just prepared to have a bad time. <laughs> yeah, I just like. I just like blacked out though when I saw that clip from the interviews where Ben where Barnes. the finger? Yeah. <laughs> We're both sitting here with our hands yeah. like this. So, like, <laughs> Jesse Mele and Ben Barnes are being interviewed and he just kind of like reaches for for their hand and like with his, with his finger. Like, it's hard to explain. It was like, pinky but it finger. Felt like, I was watching a very intimate moment. Yeah. Well, and did you see, like, at the premiere, they had, like, special, like, Sun Summoner and Shadow Summoner drinks, and it was very, like, Dark Lena wedding coded. <laughs> and even Ben Barnes is like, mm, I would say their relationship is like like a married couple or like a divorced, I can't remember what he said, some kind of married something. It was really funny. That's, like, so Adam Driver of him. It's so Adam Driver of him. <laughs> And, you know, speaking of Adam Driver, listen, we loved the silly dinosaur movie. Yeah. Okay? Because it's a silly, fun time. It was hilarious. It was great. It's a really Adam funny Driver, movie. <laughs> don't, you don't eat. Don't eat. No eat. Like, or like when he has mountain. The, little, the little flower. Oh, my God. Like, listen, if, you, if I had known... It didn't matter because I was going to see this movie. No, I didn't want to spoil anything because I knew you were going to see it anyways. No, I know. But like knowing that this little girl is like, here's a flower. And he's like, no, thank you. And she's like, here's a flower. And then he has it in his hair in the next scene. Like (laughs) it just took me back to that era where everybody had like been solo in a flower crown as their profile picture. Like 
wow. Mm-hmm. 10 out of 10. Honestly, like, it's a comfort movie. Like, Uncharted. Like, is Uncharted good? Not really, but it's like a comfort movie. You know? <laughs> well, it's entertaining. Like, that's like the first thing I said when I came out of it. I was like, that. I was entertained. I was very I was entertained. entertained. Nobody was having a better time than me in that theater. Everybody else was like, why is she laughing? I was like cackling. I was like yes. dying. And everyone else was just like silent. And I'm like, guys, this is hilarious. This is comedy. This is peak comedy. I also like yelled um, when she, like the little girl and Mills held hands because it just... His hand was so big, and I said that out loud. I said, like, oh, my God, and I, like, held my hand. (laughs) (laughs) Too bad it wasn't, like, a 3D movie where you could feel like you're really... You know, there's... I've seen... I've seen so much analysis on how big Adam Driver's hand is, and then to just see this tiny child hold hands with him, I was just like, Jesus Christ, like... (laughs) Well, maybe we're entering a new era of Adam making really good movies for us. For us, yeah. Well, like, I kept seeing, like, people being like, oh, you're an Adam Driver stan? Well, get ready to be tested with 65. And, like, are you kidding me? No. Have you not seen, like, literally any other Adam Driver movie? I've seen so much worse. So much worse. Like, I watched Annette for this man, you know? And, like, I really enjoyed, um... House of Gucci because it was yeah. also campy. <laughs> he was pretty. He was pretty silly in that. I think like Adam Driver is entering like his silly goofy era. Like I, I think yeah. it's kind of like you know how Hugh Jackman just wants to sing and dance. I think Adam Driver wants just to be like silly and goofy. Yeah, you know, like I think he just wants to make family movies. I find it hilarious that he said he was he was doing this movie because his son loves dinosaurs. And that his son doesn't like movies. <laughs> but, like, also, like, his son is, like, a little child and won't even be able to see this movie until he's in, like, ten years. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, nobody asked Adam Driver what his favorite dinosaur was or what his son's favorite dinosaur was. Like. Yeah. That would be, like, the first question I asked. You know Baby Driver has a favorite dinosaur. Like, what is it? Yeah. Man. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, no, 10 out of 10. Like, I think it was spectacular. I don't know who this movie is for other than for me. (laughs) It was for me. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. Like, it was just, it was great. I Like, there's a great running scene of him, like, full tilt running. And it reminded me of when they would talk about, like, Adam doing his own stunt work on the wires and it being, like, this, like, gazelle or, like. Yeah, well, it's this just movie great. only had, like, two, like, I mean, there were, like, four characters in the entire film. Yeah. And, like, for the most part, it was only two people. Mm-hmm. Like, it was such a, like, small cast. It was, yeah, no, it was really, really good. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed, will be watching again, might even purchase on DVD. <laughs> Okay, so we have some news before we get into Bad Batch. Um, first things first. How does it feel that the rats always win? Um, great. How does it feel? Does it feel great? Amazing. Amazing. So they announced the authors. Well, they showed the cover. Very pretty cover. Or Return of the Jedi, a certain point of view. When they showed this cover, you can see all 40 authors that are writing 
And we have three known Raylo authors, two of which are like the biggest fan fiction fan fiction authors. Like I'm you you messaged me and you're like, where are you? And I'm like, I, what? I'm at home. I'm reading. What do you want? And it's like, oh, is there just something happening on Twitter? <laughs> the biggest thing that ever happened to Twitter happened. <laughs> Pia is writing canon. Literally writing canon. The author of Landscape with a Blur of Conquerors, of Sword of the Jedi, is writing a canon like, Star Wars. I can't get over that. Like, we've read, like, everything she writes. Yeah. Thea um, is, like, the most thoughtful and well-researched writer I've ever seen. She, She's so, um, oh my God. She would, like, list, like, all her Star Wars references is when she writes. Like, especially a lot of, she has, like, so much Legends knowledge, too. She's going to get some Legends stuff back into canon for sure. Um, mm-hmm. She deserves this. Like, I was, like, crying for her because she deserves this so much. And, you know, like, this is going to be her first published work because her novel isn't going to come out until after this. Oh, my gosh. I know. Like, she works so hard. Like, that's part of the reason why, like, her, her fix to me, like, Sword of the Jedi to me, like, feels canon. Like, I can't talk about my love of Star Wars without also mentioning, like, what Sword of the Jedi did, you Sword know? Sword of the Jedi is, like, one of the greatest YA novels I've ever read. Literally. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, and, like, yes. I remember, like, the beginnings of Landscapes, like, when we were, like, first reading it. Like, it just, it's so entwined. We even read, like, we are not ABO people, but she wrote an ABO and we read that. We read it. <laughs> oh, I'm on board with everything she writes. If I'm she there. writes it, I will read it. Like, it's so good. She's She, like, wrote, like, a Tross Fix It. She did Harry Potter. She did, like, even a... Um, oh, my gosh. She had the Harry Potter one. <laughs> yeah. She did that horror one, too, for Halloween. Like, mm-hmm. she is so deserving yeah. of this. And, like, I really Her hope... shorter ones. Yeah, they She hit. has some, like, two, three shots that are, like, delicious. <laughs> Was she the one who did when they were like doing research? Yeah, they were like a research team. Was that her yeah. too? Yeah, jeez, like that's like one of my favorite fix ever. <laughs> it's like two chapters or something. I really hope that this opens the door and she gets an opportunity to do more with them because like she would revolutionize like Star Wars books, like Why, yeah, Star Wars, Star Wars publishing. YA, new and Star Wars publishing is already like doing really well. She would like completely take them into a new dimension. Oh my god! So not only Thea, but then also Allie Hazelwood. Yeah, which is and huge. she's already doing amazing. Well, she's already she has two published Raylo fanfic books, and she's so a, like she's a Times best author, isn't she? She's a Times best selling. Yeah, like this is insanity, and she is gonna be writing for Star Wars, like. Who, yeah. I want to know, who at Star Wars, I want names, who has read The Love Hypothesis? I want names. <laughs> who read it? <laughs> who knows? I'm sure a lot of them. I bet a lot of them. Probably, like, Tom from Del Rey, the, like, 100%. editor. Yeah. Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson <laughs> has read Love Hypothesis. You know he has. Like, that's so cool. 
And then Hannah Witten, so she did For the Wolf, which is like 100% Raylo. She's going to be writing in it too. She just had a new book come out called um, The Foxglove King. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I'm I'm so excited. Like I will 100% be reading those short stories. I There's some other authors that I'm definitely going to read as well. Some I'm like, mm. but others, I'm so excited. This is going to be good. What a great group. Good job, Del Rey. It comes out the day after my birthday. Happy birthday to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good job, Del Rey. You did good. Good job, Del Rey. That was a good one. So also for Star Wars Publishing, we got an entertainment article about um, For Light and Life, which is the YA anthology for High Republic. Uh, and there was a little excerpt of Claudia Gray's in there as well, which is about Affy Hollow. And... We know that it's going to talk about, like, the time right after phase one, which is kind of major because we haven't gotten anything post that time. Considering, like, the end is, like, big. Yeah. And we haven't seen anything. (laughs) So, like, I'm excited for a lot of these authors. I'm trying to find – where's, like, the full – list where does it list okay so this also comes out the same day as from a certain point of view so um the oh, 5th september of september 5th. wow yes so it's gonna be zorader cordova which is awesome tessa grattens um claudia gray justina ireland lydia kang which we looked up she's written some cool stuff george mann daniel jose older Kevin scott and charles soul like that mm-hmm. is a good lineup so I'm very excited. And the cover yeah, is very pretty. Vernestra is mm. on the cover. Yeah. Like, I'm excited. So I, I bet, like, um, Justina probably wrote Vernestra, maybe? Oh, I'm so excited. I don't know. I, want maybe more. Not, I miss but... Vernestra. Yeah, I'm. that's going to be really, really cute. And I'm glad that we're getting that. And from a certain point of view, like, I kind of like that they're kind of doing some anthologies in the fall because I think it's October that what is what wave are we on two would it be wave two or no so wave two of phase two for higher public comes out in April and May and so I think October is wave three I think is what's happening so that'll be interesting I'm neither one of us are like super into phase two so far but, like, I am looking. I'm definitely looking at that YA book. So that's going to be exciting. So last thing for the news, um, briefly mention, we did get two episodes of Mando. Mm-hmm. I will say, in two episodes, they did everything that I thought that they were going to do in the whole season. <laughs> um, so I don't really know where we're going from here. <laughs> I, like... Honestly, like, episode two to me was really good. I really liked episode two. I saw people not liking episode two, but I For really liked reason? it. For what I, reason? They said that they said it was repetitive. They didn't like the way it was shot, like, all of this. Whereas to me, like, I was watching it and I was like, mm, this was a female director, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought. I was like, the way this is shot. This isn't someone we've – and I also felt very strongly that it was a new director that – Mm-hmm. we hadn't seen before do mando so it was and yeah i think she did a great job yeah so, she definitely did we are getting a lot of rick Femiua episodes this season and he's an executive producer isn't he yeah i think he's also directing the last two episodes because he directed the premiere um and like 
Typically, I think I like him better than the first episode. I was really surprised that he was the one who directed the first episode. Because mm-hmm. I feel like it was really weak compared to his other episodes. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was good, but, like, it didn't really do anything for me. Well, I guess that's the other thing is the script. How well did the script lend to good direction, too? True. Yeah, that is absolutely true. So, like, I, I still don't really know, like, what's going on with this season. Um, I will say I am not a Bo-Katan Din hater, but I'm not into it. <laughs> I'm in the same boat as you. I feel kind of indifferent, but I also don't understand, like, when we were shipping Omera, everyone was shipping him with Omera, right? Do you mm-hmm. remember that chemistry? I oh, like just my God. need to Do ask you people the, like the edit with Pony. Yeah, I just like need people to tell the people who are shipping Din and Bo like look me in the eyes and tell me they have more chemistry than in Din and Omera. Like I'm fine with you like, shipping it. I just like don't see like they they're not on the same playing field in terms of chemistry for me. No, one hundred percent. Like that chemistry was insanity. <laughs> Like, so, I like, just... I enjoy Bo and Din's relationship, but I am not getting romance from it. Yes. Well, and we also have questions about the timeline. But whenever you bring up the timeline, get a headache. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> so... I think you said it right, is that she's probably about 10 years older than him. Which is I, fine. I think like, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Which is actually probably less than I was thinking at first. So it's like, yeah, that's fine. But um, yeah. Well, then it got it got kind of muddy, like with some interviews and things like that. But I do think that like the general thought would be that she's about 10 years older than him. However, I also thought that Obi-Wan was 19 in The Phantom Menace and he is not. <laughs> so, you know. Is he 24? 25. 25. Yeah. Which is, again, why people were, like, putting, like pointing at dates because then it puts Satine at the same age as him and then the lost year and when the father dies. And, like, I read, like, a whole thread about it. And I was yeah. like, this is, this is a lot. It's really confusing. Yes. Um, but, yeah, like, basically both of us are not aunties, but we're just, like, chilling. We're vibing. Not reviving. really vibing with uh, any romance. I yeah, I need to see more. I think. Yeah, I think I think I could be swayed, but like I'm definitely not there. I would have to see something pretty extraordinary. I agree with that. I 100% agree with that. Yes, and like I I'm not sure if we're gonna. We haven't really talked about if we're gonna finish Bad Batch first before we do Samando. So we mm-hmm. we shall see. I feel like I need more. For, like, what we've seen so far. Kind of like with Bad Batch. Like, I kind of feel like we're off to a shaky start. So, we'll see. 30 minutes later, I think it is finally time to talk about Bad Batch. Listen, we just had so many good things happen over this past couple of weeks. We are talking about episodes 10, 11, and 12. So, it is Retrieval, Metamorphosis, and The Outpost. And, oh, man. Like, all of these episodes were pretty good. But The Outpost... I am deceased. Outpost is up there with, like, great Star Wars animation episodes. 100%. Like, oh my gosh. It was so good. 
So when we left off with the Bad Batch, they were stranded on that mining planet, right? Sid, like, yes. left them for dead. And I do like that they bring that back up and they talk about, like, maybe it's time to leave Sid. Like, yeah. I'm glad that that was acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so they're, like, stranded on this planet and, like, Omega figures out a way to get the Marauder back. And they find out that this kid, Benny took their ship basically to get extra rations because he's a miner in this like mining guild. So what what did you realize about Benny immediately? Um immediately he's voiced by Ben 10 from Ben 10 <laughs> Alien Force specifically. <laughs> um here is some Shannon deep lore. I was deeply obsessed with Ben 10 <laughs> Alien Force. I have them all on DVD. Like, all the episodes of this one show on DVD. And I used to watch them every single day. I would just watch an episode every day. When I got to the end, I would just start it over. So, like, I heard I heard him speaking. And I was like, hmm, that sounds <laughs> like somebody I know. And I looked it up. And I was like, yep, that's him. He has actually voices a ton of things. He's also in Avatar The Last Airbender. He plays, like, a lot of, like, side characters. Okay. It's very uncanny because it So it, it was, like, exactly eventually like he had to have showed up in Star Wars. Like, this was inevitable. I feel like he's probably already been in Star Wars. Like, he's he's got to mm-hmm. have been somewhere. He yeah. This man has been in, like, everything. But, yeah, Ben 10, and then his name is Benny. Like, mm-hmm. that's for me. That was for me. A little call out for you. <laughs> That was mm-hmm. a call out for Shannon specifically. I really like Benny. I actually really hope that he comes back. Like, I kind of feel like Omega is, like, amassing, like, a little, like, like a young crew of people. Like, we had, we have Benny, and then we had... Like, the Young um, Avengers? <laughs> the Young Avengers, yeah. What was um the Wookiee's name? Oh, uh, oh my god. I know, it's, like, escaping me. He's a the Wookiee Jedi. I know you were obsessed with him. You were so excited. I can't remember no, his I name don't. at all. Yeah. Crap. But like and then like with um I feel like it no, she already met them. The like the Montreal Gen- sisters. Gunji. Gunji. yes. Gunji. I feel like um the Montreal sisters as well. Yes. Like I'd like to see them come back. That'd be amazing. The young Avengers. The young Avengers that Omega is amassing here. So that's really exciting. I, I really like that. Um, I kind of like that they did this extra building on the fact that, like, people, like, it's not just the Empire that's bad. Because, like, the Empire's not yeah. in this episode, and they're still facing, like, Imperial practice. Yeah. So that was really cool. And this is, like, a theme from, like, Andor, too, is that there's, like, groups outside the Empire that are also doing bad things. Um, you know what? It actually does feel very, like in the vein of Andor. Like, it's more lighthearted, 100%. But mm-hmm. I, I would say that this is kind of like a like an Andor-type episode. Yeah. And, like, so we see, like, Benny's boss, Mako, take advantage of everyone, basically. He has these rations that he's just, like, keeping to himself. And he's awarding, like, the best miner each day with, like, one ration, basically. It's it's brutal. <laughs> it, it's giving uncar plot. <laughs> totally yeah yeah and he's like big and broody like on car also yeah i i like this episode in here um i i especially like that after like the last episode like 
it started to feel like these episodes were kind of, you know, leaning into each other, which is great instead of yeah. feeling more standalone. And again, I really like that they have kind of acknowledged, like, do we, should we go back to Sid? Should we not go back to Sid? Like, yeah. I don't know. And that's even brought up again in Metamorphosis because they're talking to her and it's like, yeah, we got our ship back. No, thanks to you. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I have another job for you. And their kind of sentiment is like, maybe we take this and then then we're out. Yeah. Kind of thing. Well, like, I think they're kind of seeing Mako and he and they're like, you know, is this what we're like? I mean, not to that level, but like, is are we getting taken advantage of like Benny is like what? are we expendable kind of thing to Sid? Yeah, I think 100%. Like, they're kind of seeing, like, are we in this same situation? Like, clearly she doesn't have our our best interests at heart. And, you know, is this really what we want to be doing? Like, should we actually yeah. be trying to stop people like this? Like, should we be doing what um, Echo is doing? Yeah, Echo you know? and Rex, like, you know... I think we see later on in um, in the Metamorphosis episode, or Omega starts to see kind of the value in what Echo and Rex are doing. Mm-hmm. Well, and I like that the way that they put it is they're like, you know, he's following his own mission. Like, he's on his mm-hmm. own mission. Like, he that's his mission. And it kind of is like, okay, well, then, like, what's my mission? And I, I do think Omega... Like, we talked about this before. Like, she's starting to kind of feel that. And I like that the rest of the batch is kind of starting to feel that as well. Like, I don't have to just be meandering out here. Like, I could be doing something. I guess, And, like, realizing that the mission isn't protecting Omega anymore. The mission. She doesn't need it. Yeah. Right? Like, she's fully capable. They're kind of repositioning themselves to be like, okay, well, if our mission isn't omega anymore then our mission is to finding a place for this family mm-hmm. you know to do good and thrive like what where is that yeah i like that a lot like i wasn't sure if we'd see that growth and i'm glad that we are seeing it although after metamorphosis i do think that we are gonna see a little bit of a return to like oh we need to protect omega but i also think that she has come such a long way like she doesn't need their protection like, she's fully one of them now. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing with Metamorphosis is um, it was not Bugs. Yeah. We were, like, so sure it was going to be Bugs. It was the Zillow Beast. It was the Zillow Beast. I was so surprised. Like, that's one of the episodes that, like, I've actually seen, like, of Clone Wars. So I, I knew about the Zillow Beast. I knew about that episode. I was really excited that they were tying that in with, like, the cloning. Like, Lama Sue is in it. And I really, I like that they're tying that in. I saw some critique saying, like, you know, this is trying to, like, ho- like prop up Tross, you know, because it's it's going into yeah, like it's very the like heavy cloning. into the the cloning. Like, they're you're you you're bound to think that they're experimenting cloning to then later help Palpatine. Which, like, the thing is though. In in every context except for nine, like this concept doesn't like make me mad, and that's because of how well they did. Um, it wasn't Operation Cinder necessarily, but it was like the operation with all of those like Palpatine like bots and like the yeah. way that he had all of these mm-hmm. plans. 
like I like that aspect of it and this like really like bleeds into that well that Palpatine is just always has something going on yeah like, he's, he's always like, doing something it's not really like the cloning thing that is the problem it's just the execution of Tross oh 100% it was it was the fact that like somehow Palpatine has returned He's on like a a crane arm. There were snokes in a pickle jar. Like <laughs> I I have questions now. Like is Palpatine the father and Zillow Beast the mother of Snoke? Like I don't know. Um, but I also was like reminding of season one of Mando when they wanted Grogu, and it was like those cloning people, like like with the Kaminoan like badges. Yeah. That were wanting Grogu, and I'm like, what happened to that? Where did that go? I don't know, and I don't. I don't think remember at all. John knows. <laughs> I Just don't gone. think John knows where that storyline went. I I don't know. Maybe it did get wrapped up, and I have no memory. But I really, I don't think it did. And I feel like that, like obviously the timelines not matching up. Which again, the timelines. I don't know if John and Dave care about the timeline at all <laughs> but um like i this is giving me like similar vibes because they're trying to get like nala say to cooperate she doesn't want to and so they're like oh you need to find omega so like that was kind of the thing is like they want to find omega to order to get her to cooperate the bad batch is discovering more about camino about how the empire it's not that they didn't want clones anymore they just want to control the operation and ultimately, they decide to send all of this to Rex and be like, this is Rex's mission. But I do mm-hmm. think we're going to see them become part of it. I-, I feel like this is the second time where they've kind of brushed up against, like, what Rex is doing. Yeah. And I, I think they're going to join it at some point. Yeah. I feel like there's a matter of time before we see the Bad Batch crossing into, like, Rebels. I It makes me wonder, like, where, what is going to happen after Bad Batch. Like, if we'll get, like, a Rebel sequel and Ooh. they'll be part of that. I That'd would be really, love really that. Cool, though. I mean, I know we're getting Ahsoka. Like, then that's technically the Rebel sequel. and But, I, like, in my mind, it's still not because it's not animated. Yeah, <laughs> so and, like, I and, I think, and I think it would be really weird, like... I mean, if they did it well and they brought in Bad Batch into live action, I guess, like, cool, but I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm unsure. But, like, that also brings up, so in Mandalorian, they, they did show, like, Purgle, which yeah. obviously, like, it's really big with Rebels. So I would love to see it. Like, we still have quite a bit of time. Because this is, like, fresh off of Order 66. Like, we're not even in, like, um... Yeah, didn't... There was, like, like a six-month... The, the second season of Bad Batch is, like, six was months a little later. Bit of, it was, like, 30 rotations or something. Yeah. So, like, we're... But we're not even in, like, Fallen Order territory yet. So, like, we still have a lot of time that they could mess so with this. So they're gonna join... They can join the Rebellion, like... They could. Yeah. They could be, like, one of the first, like, factions of the Rebellion. Well, mm-hmm. and, like, we see Rex in Rebels, but it's, like, you know, where has he been in that time? Like, there could even be, like, a little, like, Rex something that leads up to Rebels. Yeah. That would be cool. So And, like, I, it's so funny because, like, last time we talked about this, I'm like, where is Bad Batch going? What's going on? Like, are they telling a story? And now I'm like, ooh, 
is this a story that they're telling? Like, I want to see more. Like, where are they going? Yeah. I feel like they are telling a story and that they do have an idea where they need, they want to get the Bad Batch to. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really happy about that because before it was like, I don't know, they're meandering. But now they've like really exposed the story. And honestly, like, I kind of feel like I should go back and rewatch like the first six episodes and be like, I think I was being too harsh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's totally valid. And like, it's just interesting to see this like theme of them trying to find their home, like, like home in a sense where like, where do they belong within this greater galaxy? Like, where are they going to help people? Absolutely. Yeah, I really, really like that. And just tying in Zillow Beast and all of that, it just, it's it's really cool. And I, I like that. I like that a lot. So that does bring us to the star of the show, episode 12, The Outpost. Listen, until this episode, we'd only had one crosshair episode and I was not happy with it. And I remember being so frustrated when I finished that. It was like episode three was like solitary clone, right? I was so frustrated because we see Rex defect, but it seemed like they were really doubling down on Crosshair. And I was upset about it. I was like, I want a redemption. Why aren't we seeing that? This is the episode that I have been like (laughs) desperate for. Yeah. Emotionally, we needed this like (sighs) emotional break for such a like uptight character. Mm-hmm. Well, like, the first point you have on here is this one's a doozy, and, like, it is, like, it's so good. Like, we're, we're learning about what's going on with the clones, how they're being forced to retire. We hear more about their accelerated aging, which is already, like, tying into them being forced to retire. I think we get a really big focus on crosshair, like, I was reminded of so many things, like even from like Clone Wars season seven, when they first introduced them with Crosshair just being like, oh, they're regs, like they don't matter, that kind of thing, to really seeing like, I am one of them. Like, I think Crosshair really thought that he was like special and different and like he he was like better. Yeah, like he's better than them. And like he realized that. It doesn't matter because he's still a clone. And that's still helping. And he's still see expendable. Him. Yeah, he's still expendable. Man, the like officer that was in charge in this episode. Oh man, I hated him, and they gave him such like so a punchable mean. face. He was so. Oh mean. my gosh, he was the worst. So yeah, so like this lieutenant that you're talking about, like he's leading this mission to retrieve stolen cargo from this like snow ice planet. And basically when they get there, they find out that the clones left. There's, like, only, like, a few clones left, like, and there is one person in charge, Commander Mayday. And they've been protecting this Imperial facility just, like, on their own. And they're like, well, we've been asking for help and no one's, like, doing it. No one's sending us anything. Mm -hmm. Well, and they keep saying, like, you know, we're being attacked by raiders. And it's like, well, why are you being attacked by raiders? Like, what's going on with your systems? And it's like, well, it's all broken and we keep asking for it to be fixed and like literally everyone's ignoring them so it's like they want them to protect this cargo but they literally don't care if these clones die like i honestly do think that they were sent out here to die so that they could just be replaced later like i the empire truly didn't care and i love mayday he's such a cool character 
And I'm really glad that they brought him in because at first, like, with Solitary Clone, like, I thought Cody was going to be, like, that breakthrough for Crosshair. But I'm honestly really glad that it's Mayday because he's like, I've been here. I've been serving. I've been, you know, following orders. And he literally says, like, I was a good soldier. I followed orders. And for what? Like, I was sent out here to die. I've watched my men die. I was going to say, like, there's the similarities between him and Crosshair both being abandoned by the Empire. Yeah. That's, it's just, it's so, so good. Like, I, I love how Crosshair doesn't, like, again, like, you see, like, he doesn't see himself on the same level as Mayday because it's, like, Mayday is just, like, whatever. But, like, Mayday treats him like a brother. And Mm -hmm. Crosshair has not had that in a very long time because every time we see him, Everybody ignores him. No, Like, nobody wants to sit with him at lunch. Like, he's very alone. Yeah. So, like, this is the first time somebody's, like, treated him like a brother, and he hasn't had that brotherhood in a very long time. Yeah. And he actually, like, opens up to Mayday about this. He does. Like, I... Even, honestly, like, the scene where they tell each other their names, because, like, the Empire doesn't call Crosshair Crosshair. Like, they call him by his, like, his number... And mm-hmm. so I felt like even that was, like, kind of a big deal for Crosshair to be, like, oh, well, that's, my name's Crosshair, right? Like, that was that was really, really cool. And basically, the, the evil guy, Lieutenant Nolan, is, like, you two, since you're the only two left, because at this point now, the, they'd been attacked again, Mayday's other men had been killed. He's, like, you guys are going to go find the cargo which is literally like a suicide mission like this planet is snowy the weather is terrible they even mention it's like you're gonna freeze to death in your armor like so your armor is not giving you any kind of protection Mm -hmm. so like the lieutenant did not care if they came back he's like you're just gonna go get my stuff and i think that's when they like oh man crosshair says something about like oh he's dead weight like why would you carry him back like he was just gonna die anyway but then, like, he accidentally steps on a mine and, like, Mayday helps him. And I think that was the moment where Crosshair was, like, really faced with, like, if I die here, nobody will care. Like, mm-hmm. nobody's going to find my body. I'm going to be left here. Like, the, you know, my brothers, like, the Bad Batch, they will never know what happened to me. I, that's, th- this is, like, going to be it. Like, I think yeah. that was his, like, mortality moment. his, like, moment. mortality moment. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, the crazy thing is when they finally get to the cargo, they find out it's just trooper armor. Mm-hmm. It's the new trooper armor. So it's for, like, the stormtroopers. And it's, like, they sent clones out here to guard that. They're dying for equipment that they don't even get to use. Yeah. <laughs> oh, crosshair. <laughs> Oh, man. Like, that was just awful. Like, that that was, like, a gut punch. And then, like, Mayday is wounded, and Crosshair literally carries him back through mm-hmm. that freeze. Like, when he stops and is, like, shivering in this cold, like, I – what I would give to have, like, a – written version of like what's going on in crosshair's head during all of this yeah like a short story of just this episode Mm -hmm. because you can see it like on his face like in the way they animated or i was gonna say even just like the notes that were sent to the animators yes yeah (laughs) like because his facial expressions like Mm -hmm. 
that like whoever animated his face went to the Adam Driver school of micro expression. <laughs> like that was so so good. And he he like brings Mayday back and Mayday he's like you need to help him and Nolan's like no. Like yeah, he's, he's like literally anyway. dying. I don't care. Yeah, he's Mayday's dying. He but that's kind of care. like what Crosshair had said. He's like, well, he's dying anyway. Why would I carry him back? Like the other guy. And now he's like, what? Like, you can literally help him. Yeah. And you're just, you're just letting him die. And then like, Mayday literally dies while they argue about yeah. it. And then um, Crosshair has his big moment. And he shoots Lieutenant Nolan. I screamed. I was cheering. Like, I, like, this is the moment we've been waiting for Crosshair for, like, two seasons. It is. Um, And it this episode, the payoff was great. They did such a good job building up the emotional, you know, like, height of this episode to get to that mm-hmm. moment that it was so satisfying. It was like, he earned that moment so well. And so he, yeah, he shoots Nolan... And then immediately just, like, passes out and the ice vultures are circling them. I love – so somebody pointed out that when characters in – especially in animation are struggling with, like, light and dark, there's some kind of bird motif. Like, they they drew the line to Vader in season seven with the the owls – I can't remember how to pronounce Mm -hmm. it – flying overhead, right? So it was the same thing here. And then I love that somebody pointed out the shot of Crosshair when he fires his weapon. The way the mountains are in the background, it looks like he has wings. Mm-hmm. Like he... I I forget oh. how Mayday described the ice vultures, but he said something like they were brutal. They're brutal, mm-hmm. but they're like... Yeah, what he said. I forget what he says too, but I mean like... In landscapes like that, like, it, it's going to be violent, but, like, it's honest, right? Like, they're just doing what they can to survive. It's not, like, It's just, evil. like, bare. Like, like they're yeah. naked. Like, y- like you can't hide. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just, like, it's very raw, right? And I, I truly mm-hmm. do feel that. And there's such, like, a big deal with, like, wings in media and literature and, like, what that can give you, like, the freedom of flight, yeah. I, I recently read um, this book called Gallant, which is by um, B.E. Schwab. And there's a whole thing in that where she's like, like, oh, I had a bird once, but like the cage was open and it disappeared. And like, what does it mean to be free? And like, can I find my wings and be free and that kind of thing? And I, I do feel like in this moment, like this was like visually showing that like Crosshair has like he's broken out of it. Like he's he's kind of coming to his, his senses. And his wings are immediately clipped. Immediately clipped, yes. <laughs> immediately clipped. So yeah, he um he wakes up in med bay with like a doctor or surgeon there. Um and he gets injected with something. So do you think he's gonna be like a super clone, like the assassin clone? Oh, man, I don't know. Like, I and I, I really feel like because we had already theorized, like, 
we know that the last episode is called like Plan Ninety Nine, and like we mm-hmm. we had theorized that like somehow the Bad Batch is gonna like help these clones, like help the clones escape because like yeah. they're being forced to retire or they're being killed off. Like somehow I like they're gonna it's gonna be some kind of revolution. And we like I had said specifically I'm like what if they leave Crosshair behind? Like what if something happens? And now part of me is like I wonder if they catch wind of this happening to Crosshair. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact that if they learn of this, it's going to be Omega who's going to say, we're not leaving him again. Yeah. Because they left him last time. Yeah. Like, somebody, like, brought up, like, when Crosshair and Omega talked, like, mm-hmm. in the previous finale. And how she was, like, you know, like, it's... Like, it's just your nature. Like, it's not that you're, like, a bad person or things like that. And, you know, like, Mm -hmm. she, like, truly did, like, believe in him, you know? And so I I feel like if anybody's going to push for his rescue, like, it's going to be her. And Mm -hmm. I, oh, my God. Him being, like, like a winter soldier type of thing and just, like, out of his mind and, like, hypnotized. I'm just, like... I, this is, this is some good emotional conflict. (laughs) Well, what's interesting to me is that, like, this episode shows that he's not actually expendable. Yeah. Like, for whatever reason. Because they could have let him him die. Yeah. For whatever reason, they they chose to save him. Mm -hmm. And be that. I I wonder if his mission will be to destroy the rest of. 99 and they choose him because he would know how they think he knows them the best you know it's kind of like captain it's kind of like captain america and the winter soldier you know Mm -hmm. like they know each other the best and and i wonder if that's why he's saved because they're like the only person who's going to take down the bad batch is a member of the bad batch I didn't even think about that because we we did hear like rumblings of the Empire like learning that the Bad Batch isn't actually dead because they thought that they were on Kamino. And if they need Omega, they know that that's where Omega is. So it's like, oh, we'll take Or it's an extraction of Omega. That's his mission. It it could be both, honestly. Kill the Bad Batch and take Omega. Like, which means that Plan 99 could just be like an insular like, family story of them being hunted by Crosshair. Which is amazing. Like, like if, that's, if that's the case, like, how are people sleeping on this show? Like, Manu's going on right now, and I'm, like, more excited this Wednesday for Clone Wars. I'm not honestly, Clone Wars, for Bad Batch. Honestly, like, because I, I kept, like, letting, like, I'd get behind on Bad Batch, and I'd, like, let a couple episodes pile up, and then I'd watch them. But, like, honestly, like, after this, like... Am I even going to watch Mando Monday morning or am I going to watch Bad Batch and save Mando well, for later? Like, Yeah, well, and then we also have Ted Lasso this week. So yeah, uh, 100%. Shows. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry, but, like, Mando, you're kind of, like, third priority because in the <laughs> next day it's Daisy Jones. <laughs> so Yeah. Oh, but the good thing about Daisy Jones is that it airs at 7 p.m. Eastern, so you have that little, like, time. Yes. You can I do fit like another it, show in. I, I, I love that it, it comes on – it doesn't, like, drop at, like, midnight. So it's not like, oh, watch it in the morning yeah. or you're going to be spoiled forever, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, for whatever reason, Prime seems to be doing, like, midnight UK time. Oh. That's what it is. Is that our – like, my seven 
is yeah. midnight in the UK. That's so wild. What? That's so random. <laughs> yeah. Huh. I don't know. I mean, I like that time because mm-hmm. then it's just like it, it just works out perfect because that's almost exactly when we're like, oh, let's find something. I wish last like week, it was I, that's what we were doing. I honestly wish all the streaming services did Midnight UK because then I could watch things at seven and not get spoiled. In the, if yeah. I don't get to watch it before work the next morning. Well, like, 100%, because it's, like, people want to watch stuff, like, mm-hmm. in the evening, you know? Like, yeah. I would so rather, like, come home from work and then be like, oh, new episode of Bad Batch is, like, dropping in, like, you know, an hour. Or, like, new episode of Mando or whatever. Like, that, to me, makes way more sense. Yeah. And you kind of get that, like, communal aspect on social media. Like, you see with The Last of Us, everyone tweeting. Yeah. I when love- it's on. I honestly have loved watching, like, because we did it with White Lotus and then Last of Us. Oh, and House of the Dragon. Like, watching it mm-hmm. in real time with everybody. Like, yeah, we're on the streaming service. But, like, it all dropped at once. Like, half the time, like, we're both watching it. So it's like, wait, are you watching? Can we react? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, like, that's you miss, really exciting. You, like, with streaming, we miss out on that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. But, like, live reaction. Oh. <sighs> Yeah, I wish Disney Plus would do that. Like, I, I don't know if they ever will, but, like, that would be really, really yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, they're better than Netflix in the sense at least they're doing one episode drops. Like, Yeah, I, I really don't, that. like, mm-hmm. I, I really think that Netflix, like, they talk about losing all this money, and it's because their hype lasts for a week tops. Yeah. They drop a whole season, well, like, and then they, the hype dies. I guess they're learning a little bit because they split Stranger Things and now you into two parts. But, like, they could but be even releasing then, one like, a week. Even then, I think that's weird, especially, like, we were talking about you before, and you're, like, part two is so wild and going in a completely different direction. It's, like, is it – should it have just been its own season? Like, it's just strange. No, it's, it's – it, it still, like, continues the same storyline. It's but just like, that – I don't know. It's I, – I feel really weird silly. about, like, splitting seasons in half when it's, like mm-hmm. – you could just be doing it like that. I mean, in the olden times, they would do like a winter break. But like, is that yeah. like what this is the equivalent of? <laughs> I just, yeah. So like a lease with Disney Plus is you get the like weekly conversation. It's not like in, in real time like you get with mm-hmm. uh, Last of Us. But, but at it's least week to week. Weekly. So it's like you're if you're caught up, you're caught up. It's not like oh, did you binge the entire season? Because otherwise you're going to, like, be spoiled on everything immediately. I I wanted to look and see what the next couple episodes of Bad Batch are called. Honestly, I feel like the episode titles... Like, I never would have thought anything of The Outpost. Like, I was honestly leaning way more towards Metamorphosis. And now I'm like, I want to dissect, you know? Yeah. So what are the next titles? Pabu is the next one. Pabu is this week? I've been waiting for Pabu. I like remember the Pabu sticks out to me the most and I've been waiting all season for Pabu. Um, I think that this is going to be like just like a side quest. It's not. Like I want to know so bad what it is. Because there's like you really think we're going to figure out what happens to Crosshair and Pabu? 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. That's Crosshair's new name, Pabu. It's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, but it's Crosshair and Pabu. Oh my god, that's his like other personality is Pabu. 
So it, it's Pabu this week. And then the next one is Tipping Point. And then mm-hmm. we get two for the finale, which is The Summit. Um, Karma takes all my friends to The Summit. And then yeah. Plan 99. Okay. So, like, my prediction is that Pabu is kind of a random episode. It's kind mm-hmm. of, like, just the adventure of the week. And uh-huh. then... Um, tipping point is going to be when we see what ha- really happened to Crosshair. It's going to be the setup for the finale episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I... When we had talked about um, our next episode being the rest of Bad Batch, which I think is a good call because then we can talk about all four of these episodes together. Because I think other than yeah. Pabu, <laughs> I think they're all going to really tie in. I'm like, okay, so when I hear Pabu... You know that, like, little blue bear for that little Jedi thing? You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yes. That's what I envision when I hear the word Pabu. Really? I yes. I see, like, flobber. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I, I just, see. Like, like what you, is Pabu? Are you the one that sent me that TikTok about the different, like, shapes oh um kiki and um what's the other one called boo bob blue like bloopa or like blue food yeah so like pavu's uh a... oh 100 percent. like 100 percent. it's not a kiki yeah, it's like... not a kiki <laughs> so that's why i'm like seeing flubber i think okay crosshair is kiki yes tech Kiki. Yeah. 100%. What is the other one called? And then Wrecker is Pabu. That's what I'm going to use as a placeholder. Mm-hmm. Hunter. I must say Pabu. I'm going to yeah. say. Yeah, I agree. Omega is a Pabu. Booba. It's Booba. Booba? Kiki and Booba. Okay. okay, so then Omega is also a Booba. And um, Pabu is a Booba. <laughs> Echo is a Kiki. <laughs> Like, I want to have a Kiki. Kiki. Lock the doors. <laughs> Echo is Kiki. I would, yes, 100%. Wow. Empire, very Kiki. Like, whole vibe. Palpatine, though, I would say is a booba. <laughs> Just like, guys, like, look up the Kiki booba TikTok. I'm sure you'll find it. Oh, well, no, like, it's a whole thing. Like, I typed in Kiki and, and it popped right up. Like, oh, it's, it's like okay. a whole you thing. You can just Google it. Yeah, it, it's like a study that somebody did, like a Kiki Booba test, <laughs> where they show you pictures. So it's like, when we say Kiki, are you imagining something spiky or something curvy? When we say Booba, so like is it spiky pa- or curvy? Okay, so, like, Pabu is obviously a Booba episode. Yeah, like, the first thing that comes up is a Wikipedia article called the Booba Kiki Effect. And the little shapes come up. 100%. Like, look it up. So Pabu then, okay. is a Booba episode. Tipping Point is obviously a Kiki episode. <laughs> it's obviously a Kiki. <laughs> I would say Outpost. Like, I want to say when it's, like, big emotions, it's Booba. But I also want to say, like, it's Kiki because I was, like, stressed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the summit, so, like, the summit is, like, a kiki, and then Plan 99 <laughs> is Booba. The clone conspiracy, kiki. 
right? <laughs> yeah. The Crossing, Booba. No, mm, maybe Kiki. The Retrieval was Booba. <laughs> this is like, I feel like this has such an interesting connection to the um, the the rat thumb and the frog bull. Yeah. Or like the rat frog thing, you know? Yeah. Because like rat is Kiki and yeah. frog is Booba. <laughs> yeah, frog is obviously Booba. Frog is obviously Booba. Like I just maybe wow. Kabu is a frog. <gasps> oh my god! What if it's the frog lady species? Holy crap! Could you imagine? I would give anything oh my to god, see and frog that, that lady species again. Species would be like really cute in animation. Okay, that's oh decided. Gosh. So okay, Pabu okay. is about so frog this ladies. episode Pabu is about the frog people. The frog We've people. Decided. Yes, I maybe. Love that in the, the subtitles, it's just like Mr. and Mrs. Frog, Frog Lady and Frog Man. That's what they but are. Maybe, They're the frog people. Um, we'll get, wait, maybe we'll get uh, like a species name in Pabu. If, I, if they're about the frog I people. I hope Pabu is the species name. <laughs> or it's like a frog child named Pabu, which would add like, to Omega's Young Avengers. Yeah. Full circle. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else about these episodes no. that we need to touch on? I'm so excited for the end of the season. We got four more episodes, so we're in the last quarter. I'm excited. Like, what do we have once we hit April? I don't even know. Like, we're still going to have Mando. Well, it'll be Celebration, so we're going to get announcements. That's true. Celebration is coming up. Celebration is feeling very kiki at the moment. <laughs> I think Celebration is always kiki. I, I wouldn't say it's ever booba. <laughs> I would agree with that. I would agree with that. All right. Well, anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of Lipstick and Lightsabers. If you want to keep the conversation going, you can find us pretty much always on Twitter or Instagram at lip underscore lightsabers. I am at McCarter Shannon and Alex is at Alex Leonis and we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.